0: Immigration Stories Austria. Today I'm interviewing Rose. She's an Indonesian entrepreneur who chose to study in Austria. So this episode is all about the student residency permit for third party nationals. Hope you enjoy listening. Hi Rose, thank you for being here. Hi. Yes, it's definitely a pleasure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Do you maybe want to introduce yourself and say a few things where you're from and um,
1: what your profession in your home country was in general? Yeah, sure. So I'm Rose. I'm 23 years old and I come from Indonesia. I was an entrepreneur back in Indonesia and I actually came to Austria for my master's and now I'm actually working in Austria. Wow, quite the change from
0: student to um, working here and establishing kind of a life. Yeah, it has indeed been quite the journey, but definitely an interesting one. (laughs) So considering you started off as an entrepreneur and um, a student, what kind of visa did you come to Austria with? Was it a student visa, an entrepreneurship visa, or what was your process like?
1: So to come into Austria, I got in with a student visa because, of course, I did I did not come here for business. My business is still in Indonesia, where I come from. So I had to apply for a student residence permit. Um, And so, yeah, I, I, I came in with a student visa.
0: Okay. And you just spun the globe and you were like, Austria is the place I want to study? Or how did you... How did you pick Austria? Did you research this beforehand or did you apply in Indonesia for your visa or did you come here and then decided, hey, this is a great
1: country to study in? Okay, that's a very packed question. It's definitely more complicated than just, you know, picking Austria as a place to live because it is quite an anomaly. Like everyone back home or even people here are like, why did you come to Austria? Like out of all places. But for me, personally, it's more of a master's program kind of reason. And I know a lot of people are like, what? But there are better places with better master's program. Um, But yeah, for me, I just wanted somewhere new. I actually wanted to move away because I wanted to take an entrepreneurial break. And I decided that Europe is a nice place because it's really really far from my from where I come from culturally it's also a culture that I have not been exposed to a lot during my life so it was really attractive and yeah specifically why Austria and Europe is simply because I found a really unique master's program here that really really just hits home for me okay so you you researched a
0: master's program back home and you were like hey this is cool, I wanna I wanna try this and give this a chance, right? Yeah. Okay. Pretty so much. seeing as you made your decision to move to Austria when you were back in Indonesia, what was your visa process like? Did you was it straightforward or did you just go to the embassy and were like, hey,
1: everything's clear now? It's definitely not straightforward. I think even before beginning the process, I knew that it was going to be complicated. And I actually started applying during COVID. So that was really, really unfortunate because it became even more complicated and even more uncertain. Um, But yeah, I definitely had to apply from Indonesia because as a third country national, it's actually impossible to enter uh, enter Austria without a tourist visa, which also requires like quite a lengthy process. So it only made sense that you have to apply for your permit initially in your home country before they would give you a visa to even enter Austria. So I had to apply for two visas to finally come here. So one is the residence permit. It has to be initially approved before they give me the visitor's uh, visa D visa to come here and stay temporarily until they give me the actual residence permit card. Mm -hmm, That
0: sounds quite tricky. Did it? talk
1: you through the steps at the embassy or how did you go about it definitely not nobody from the embassy would ever call you or there was also no direction or guidance from the university because apparently it's a thing here that nobody has control or has influence over ma35 um, which is the authority that releases the visa so yeah the university was completely hands-off there were really no guidance and I had to find everything out through the website. Um, which... The governmental website yeah. from Austria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which also, a lot of the things are only in German still. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was really relying on a translator. And I did call the embassy in Indonesia to confirm some stuff. But a lot of the times they would always refer me back to the website or they would just, um, yeah, like, say that, yeah, we're going to get back to you. But, you know, everything with Austria so far, in my experience, when they say they're going to get back to you, it's faster if you try to find it out yourself. Yeah.
0: Okay, that sounds quite <laughs> confusing. Yeah. Um, so you, you had the resource of the website, and you had the Indonesian embassy, which were your first contact points with Austrian visas? Yes, correct. And then you went on to apply for Visa D for um, a temporary residency while you
1: were waiting for your visa? No. So how it works is you have to actually apply for your residence permit first. And if it is approved initially, then they're going to ask you to apply for Visa D in order for you to finally travel to Austria. So because, again, Indonesia and Austria does not have like an agreement where... Um, tourists can enter Austria for fee for free um without a visa so that's why the visa D is still needed. But I think for nationals whose countries like have a partnership with Austria, you can actually apply for your residence permit here as long as you're sure that it's gonna be approved within three months. Which is also tricky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if it's not, you have to leave the Schengen area for three months. And then return, yeah. Yeah. So still wouldn't risk it. Like, I would recommend everyone to apply for their residence permit from their home country, Mm -hmm. nonetheless. And when you talk about a residence um, permit, that is a student visa?
0: Or what kind of visa is it?
1: I think the residence permit um, can be granted for many reasons. So I think it's just anyone who is not uh from austria or maybe not from europe is like, it
0: the red 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 card
1: no so i think no it's it's just a student residence permit for mm-hmm. me yeah okay and how long is that visa type so the visa is granted for a year and you have to renew it yearly so if you're studying these two years you will have to repeat the process again um after one year which is really annoying yeah
0: i can't imagine it doesn't sound like a lot of fun it sounds like very bureaucratic yeah okay all right so you had your visa your residency permit your student permit and your visa d yeah. right what documentation did you initially have to submit to be granted those visas
1: Honestly, for the residence permit, there were way more documents. So from what I can remember, and I mean, you have to check it out again in the website because it might change. But you need to submit your birth certificate, which is translated to English or German. And this has to be officially certified documents. So you actually have to go to an official translator and a, a notary? notary to legislate your documents. Um, and then a police certificate stating that you have no crime record in your home country, or in uh, in your home mm-hmm. country, and then proof of funds. So I don't know if this applies to everyone who wants to come to Austria, but as a student, you had you have to prepare some kind of proof of funds, and I think the minimum amount is. Seven thousand five hundred euros, up to even twenty thousand, depending on your living um, situation, because the amount actually depends on your monthly rent, your insurance, and I guess your school fees mm-hmm. if you go to a private uni. If yeah. it depends on all of these things, did you have to find an apartment first? Yes. Yeah, so okay, that was also another thing. So. We had to have proof of accommodation as well. So a contract with a housing party in Vienna, as well as certificate of enrollment from the university. Which I'm assuming you also had to apply to and had a lengthy process yeah. with? Great. Actually, that's also another unique thing. So I applied to a few universities, but for this particular master's program in Vienna... I actually had to fly all the way to Vienna for the selections process pretty much a year before I moved. So it was actually quite the investment to actually apply to this program. Um, Luckily, they changed it because of COVID. But I was actually the lucky last batch where they were really strict. They were like, we need to interview you in person. If not, we're not going to let you in. And yeah, so you can imagine that even from the beginning, I had a lot of issues with visa because even for a tourist visa, it took me three weeks and the announcement from the uni, like the invitation for the interview came exactly like three weeks before the actual interview. So yeah, from the beginning, I had a lot of exciting experiences with the visa uh, process for Austria yeah mm-hmm. okay, so you had to apply for a tourist visa first, which
0: took three mo- three weeks to be granted,
1: but that was a year before mm-hmm. I applied for the residence permit, but yeah, and for it's the residence much.
0: permit, you had to submit um all the uh enrollment papers from the university. you had to
1: have a contract already did you a have- housing contract, proof of funds um police certificate, birth certificate, I think also. A letter stating where you get your funds. Mm -hmm. That was actually a key uh, important point, especially if you're a student. Most of the time, your funds come from your parents, and somehow they always require you to put the money under an account under your name. And your parents have to write a letter of guarantee that the money is only for you. And if the letter does not state the exact amount that was sponsored to you for your studies, they would actually prolong the process and you have to resubmit everything. Oof. Yeah.
0: Did you also um, have to submit an insurance of any kind? For insurance,
1: insurance I think for insurance, they actually allow you to apply for it once they grant you the permit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. so it wasn't it wasn't a requirement for application because again like i think when you're when the initial application is approved you get the visa d you have to buy travel insurance anyways and there will be time from when you arrive in vienna until you get your physical card and usually when you want to collect your physical residence permit card they will check for your insurance yeah. mm-hmm okay
0: that sounds quite like a
1: lengthy process it is and maybe there were more documents than i remember but it was definitely a really thick file and of course things like passport Mm -hmm. like your personal data the form Mm -hmm. is of course also included um it's a form from the ma35 website it's pretty lengthy it basically asks you everything From your birthday to your family. Do you have kids? And even work experience, I think. Or where have you lived around the world? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: And this you got in English from the official websites? Or was this also hard to find? Or did the embassy in Indonesia give you that?
1: No. Everything was from the website. And that's also the worst part. There is no English version. And they only want you to submit it in German. So... I think somehow someone uploaded online an English translation. Mm -hmm. But I also remember that at some point I actually Google translated each word to actually fill up the form. Um, But, you know, that's kind of the fun part of applying for visas, right? Like you you just got to cherish the journey such that when you get the visa, you would actually appreciate it and use it to your, you know, like maximize your experience. Mm -hmm. and now considering you've gone through this process
0: already you have to resubmit it or are you changing your visa to a work
1: visa now that you're entering the business world now i would have to change my work visa actually to a work visa actually and but i realized that once you're in the system it's way easier and way safer I know that it's not always the story. So I also had the same worry when I had to extend my, my permit last October or no, last December. I actually had to extend my permit because again, it was only one year and my studies is actually two years. But to my surprise, I don't know if it was because of the MA35 riots that were happening around those time last year in 2021. But for me, the renewal was way easier. They actually gave me confirmation that my renewal is approved within two days of when I came to the office for the appointment. How long did the initial approval take you in comparison? The initial approval took me four months when they actually promised that they would only process your application for a maximum of three months. So yeah, that was really, really worrying. But of course, they use COVID as a reason, backlogs, blah, blah, blah. But if I go to any expat Facebook groups, I would know that it's not because of COVID. It just has always been that way. I've heard of people waiting five years even for their expired permit to be renewed because things got lost in the mail. And yeah, they never reply emails. Another thing, did you submit it online or did
0: you always have to go in in person? So
1: for my initial application, it was all online. I thought that I would have to come to the office when I actually arrive in Vienna to get my physical card. But I think because COVID was still quite huge at that time, they actually mailed it to me and I just have to send back some forms stating that i received it and i will not misuse it blah 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 but yeah it it was online for the initial application but for the renewal because covid has toned down i actually had to go to the office Mm
0: -hmm. okay
1: um making the appointment for renewal is also tricky because i heard my friends sometimes had to wait a month but for me, I got the appointment one week after I made the booking. So the trick is people cancel on appointments all the time. So you have to, if, if the first time you check, the next available appointment is like in two months. You probably want to try like on another day. I think they have a day where they refresh the system. So if you can find out when that day is, which I believe is Friday. Um, you can just go back and check. And usually there are slots for the next week when people cancel. Thanks for the hot tip. <laughs> I feel like people will check this on a Friday now
0: for the <laughs> yeah. MA35. And maybe website. the website will crash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's hope not that will only prolong yeah. it. But okay, yeah. So now you're on a student um, permit here. And now you're going to switch to a uh, red, red, red card, I'm assuming. Yes. Mm-hmm. Correct. So now you're already here. and now you're already in the system.
1: Do you feel more confident? Are you applying for yourself or is your employer applying for you? So my employer is applying for me and I think that's how it should work anyways. Uh, But yeah, I'm definitely more confident now that I've been through everything because that's the weird thing. Like I've moved around quite a lot. So I've dealt with like other visa processes in other countries when it takes super long there is probably something wrong and it's very rare that you can actually contact the officer to like rush it or like question it all the time because when you actually do that at least in the Asian culture in the countries I've lived in which is Singapore and Taiwan they would actually be less reluctant to process your things but here in my experience the more you call and ask the more likely you get an answer, and the faster they will actually process your stuff. You annoy them into processing you faster somehow, which is <laughs> weird and surprising for me. That was my first culture shock.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, that's. Um, I think that's a good summary of uh, what you had to do all for your visa. And considering you're from a non English speaking country or non German speaking country, I'm assuming you also had a translator throughout your whole process having your documents notarized again
1: when they're translated right yes so for that actually usually the embassy i don't know if this applies to all the embassies in, around the world but for the austrian embassy in indonesia they actually have specific appointments that they accept so not all translators and notaries uh, are accepted so you really also i would really recommend checking the embassy site in your hometown to actually see if they have that list because they tend to be very strict with all these things
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: and um now you're here now you're you made it
0: <laughs> with the student visa um was there any requirement and followed later like a proof that you actually made your ects or <laughs> that you actually studied there or anything with your german levels or the likes
1: Yeah, so even for renewal, we had to resubmit our enrollment for the next semester and prove that we completed a certain amount of ECTS, but it's super low. like I think 8 or 16 ECTS, which, I mean, if you're a student, that's the least you can do in one year, right? Um, So yeah, I don't think that is ever an issue for anyone. But I think the more annoying part for me is, of course, the proving of funds again, because it's not like it's not it's not a small amount of money. And most of the time, it's like you already paid for your deposit for your housing, for example, you already paid your rent, you already paid for insurance, for example, but they just don't care. They still want um, to include all this in your amount like the same time as if you just first moved so that part is annoying but other than that for renewal they don't really ask you a lot of stuff because mm-hmm. they already have all your documents mm-hmm. maybe just your meldezeto which mm-hmm. is like your housing um, yeah, record you,
0: you have to you have to apply for this as soon as you move anyway
1: yeah mm-hmm. and like a few repetitive stuff but if you've been through it once It's very unlikely you get it wrong the next time. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Good you're such an expert now. (laughs) I hope. I mean, I'm still in the process of switching to a work visa. And it is definitely different. But at least for me, because I'm graduating from an Austrian university, there is no labor market check. So that's actually better um and so you don't sense. have
0: to involve ams yes that's true
1: mm-hmm. also work mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. although the tricky part is as a student you're also allowed to work for up to 20 hours and for that you actually have to involve ams but if you graduate and get a full-time job there is no labor market check uh, upon you because you graduated from an austrian university mm-hmm. yeah. that's a neat trick Hmm. So yeah, maybe maybe the wisest way if you want to move to Austria is get an education here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if the
0: initial process is tedious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds like you had quite the journey, and you've been living here for now about one and a half years. Hmm. Okay. Is there anything? You, you said a lot of very stressful situations now, like the accumulation of funds, getting everything translated, and um, just the initial process and being patient. Um, I, I know I'm not a patient person myself. It's kind of annoying. Um, is there anything else you wanna point out as particularly stressful or that you, wanna, you would like to see changed in a process or give feedback on how this could be better?
1: I think in general, the whole process, and I think any administrative process in Austria has been very bureaucratic. And I can see why some people might be discouraged to come here just because of how complicated the process is. And I think it's getting more notorious. Like I started seeing in international forums people actually talking about the system. And I think the MA35 riots also made the news. So that's not a really good thing. So I do really hope that um, the government will actually try to improve this. Because I personally think that the education system here, and even the culture here, offers a lot of good lessons and opportunities for people. And Austria is actually a very attractive culture to learn and be exposed to so maybe if the immigration system can be improved more people would actually be interested to move here
0: Mm -hmm. Mm. great that's a good ending for this podcast (laughs) thank you so much for for being here and it was lovely chatting with you likewise thank you thanks for listening If you know someone, or even are someone, whose story needs to be told, please message me under immigration.stories.austria at gmail.com. You can also find the email address in the show notes. Immigration Stories Austria.